It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company that provides life-changing nutrition information through counseling and classes and our radio show every Saturday. So our topic today is managing menopausal mood swings, anxiety, and sleep problems. Women are considered being in menopause if they haven't had a period for one year. And of course, there's usually years leading up to this called perimenopause, and women may experience skipped or irregular periods. Their periods might become lighter or might become heavier, shorter or longer. So generally, things just start to change with the menstrual cycle. It's typically in the age range of 30s, 40s, and 50s. Some people sail effortlessly through these changes and through menopause with no issues. But for those of you having mood swings, hot flashes, or sleep problems, we're going to give you some great ideas today on how to manage those symptoms. So before we talk more about our topic, I would like to introduce myself and my co-host. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Today, I'm excited to be here with Joanne Rideout, who is a licensed and registered dietitian. I see clients at our Wyzetta office, and Joanne is also at the Wyzetta office, and she's at the Maple Grove office. So it's great to be on this show with you today, Joanne. Thank you, Cara. It's great to be here with you to do today, too. Um, today's topic is going to give us much-needed information on how the right nutrition can ease women through menopause without all the uncomfortable and sometimes debilitating sy- symptoms. I wonder if that statement is a surprise to listeners that nutrition is connected to menopausal symptoms. We're going to give you some tips so that you can sleep better, hopefully have fewer hot flashes or night sweats. You know, whether they're hot flashes during the day or at the night doesn't really matter, right? (laughs) It doesn't. And we're also going to explain how to eat better for better moods, which means less anxiety, and that many women have during menopause. And my favorite topic of all that we're going to be addressing is sleep. Everybody loves a sound night of sleep, especially me. And I know what it's like to not sleep, so I can really relate to people who are having trouble. So we're going to also have tips on getting to sleep and staying asleep through the night. Good. I can relate to both the sleep problems and the hot flashes and the night sweats during menopause, which thankfully now I have under control since working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness and learning all this Mm -hmm. great information. Well, that's wonderful, Joanne, because it's no fun. We were talking before the show, especially the sleeping. Well, all of it. I haven't experienced hot flashes, but (laughs) (laughs) we both have the the sleep issue in our past. Sleep issues, yes. (laughs) So we are anticipating that we're going to get lots of callers today. The reason I say that is, um, I don't know about you, but when I'm meeting with clients, I would say most of them are kind of in that age range of perimenopause or menopause. Yes, most are. And I would have to say, I'm just throwing this number out there, 50% of my clients, because a lot of our clients are female, Mm -hmm. are experiencing uncomfortable menopause symptoms. Yes, definitely. 
So we know we're going to get a lot of people with questions. So let's just give out our number right away today. If you do have questions on menopause, the studio line is 651-641-1071. And I'm definitely going to be picking Joanne's brain today about more personal examples, if you don't mind. That's fine. (laughs) I've lived through this. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm so grateful that you're here today. Let's start with the most important thing women can do to reduce their symptoms. And that is to balance their blood sugar all day long. That is so true. Eating balanced, um, eating for a balanced blood sugar is where every woman has to start. And this usually means eating more protein and more healthy fat than people are used to eating. And it's easiest to balance blood sugar, like we said, all day long if you start with breakfast. So we're just going to give a couple of different examples. Maybe you have three ounces of nitrate-free turkey breakfast sausage. You cut it up, saute it in a little olive oil, add some vegetables, maybe peppers and onions, and then you have a small piece of fruit as you're running out the door to go to work or bring your kids to school. Um, So that would be considered a complete meal. That's what we mean by balance. And just a little FYI, if that, that might sound time-consuming. Some people are probably listening going, gosh, I don't have time for that. It doesn't have to be time-consuming. You can cook up the whole pack of sausages ahead of time and then just heat them up as you need them throughout the week. Um, I will often use frozen vegetables and saute them with my breakfast sausage. So it can be a pretty quick process. Yeah, it can. Or you can have two or three eggs cooked in butter with some spinach and half of a small sweet potato or or a yam. Like Cara mentioned with her breakfast idea, some of this can be done ahead. You can cook up some sweet potatoes at night or on the weekend ahead of time and keep them in the refrigerator. Then you can Mm -hmm. heat them up for the next day, and they're ready to go. Because we know what it's like to get up and you're trying to get out the door, and people are used to having probably cereal, toast, things like that. Right. So if we're asking you to switch over to eggs or sausage, it might sound like a daunting task, but doing whatever you can to use frozen things or cook them up the night before is very helpful. But the key is really getting in that protein. That would be from the turkey sausage or the eggs. Um, The fat's important as well. In our examples, the fat was coming from the olive oil or the butter. And then the carbohydrate preferably is coming from vegetables and fruit because vegetables and fruit are carbohydrates. Yes. And two or three hours after this meal, there should be no hot flashes, no anxiety because your blood sugar is balanced, no drop in moods out of the blue. For some women, it really will be just this simple to get rid of hot flashes and mood swings. For me, keeping my blood sugar down has helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's where we always have to start. It might not always be that simple, though, for everyone. So we will get into more details on what to do. But everybody has to start with that eating in balance. You can't expect to have cereal and milk for breakfast and a latte and then just take a bunch of vitamins and supplements hoping to reduce hot flashes or improve your moods. It just doesn't work that way. We have to start with the food piece. Right. And skipping breakfast is no better because having no breakfast will certainly lead to more anxiety during the day, more depression, more hot flashes, more cravings for sugar and starchy carbs. Believe it or not, skipping breakfast is worse for metabolism as well because the body goes into kind of this starvation mode. Mm -hmm. And 
wants to store whatever fat it has. It goes into fat storing mode instead of fat burning mode. So that's actually not great for metabolism either. Right. And so the breakfast example you gave a minute ago with, that was cereal, milk, and a latte would most certainly cause flat, hot flashes and mood swings. Anything high in carbohydrates like cereal, bagels, muffins, toast, pancakes, or even just having fruit by itself in the morning will spike your blood sugar and cause it to crash within a couple hours. Both spiked and crashed blood sugars will cause more hot flashes and anxiety attacks. And women having hot flashes and night sweats and anxiety will feel much better by either completely giving up caffeine or at least reducing it. And I would say reduce it to one, maybe two cups a day with food as well. And try to have that earlier in the day so that's not affecting sleep. You know, caffeine does the same thing that high-carbohydrate foods do, like you were talking about pancakes, cereal, and bagels. It spikes the blood sugar, and then the blood sugar crashes. So it's that blood sugar drop that causes low energy as well, and that's actually what's leading to more panic and anxiety and hot flashes. So. And many women struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So we're recommending no coffee or very little coffee and no soda. Some people start the day with a Coke or a Mountain Dew. Avoid energy drinks or juice as well. Eight to ten glasses of water per day are very important. And tea is good too, especially herbal tea with no caffeine. Another beverage that will lead to hot flashes, night sweats, poor sleep, and moods that are all over the place, is alcohol. Some women are very sensitive to alcohol, especially during those years of menopause. And they find that even having a glass of wine with dinner may cause them to be awake throughout the night from sweating and waking up off and on. And that's due to, again, low blood sugar. Right. I remember when that happened to me. Then I figured out that alcohol maybe helped me get to sleep in the beginning but it always woke me up in the middle of the night or very early in the morning mm-hmm. from low blood sugar. And it definitely increased my night sweats. Mm-hmm. And most women will find that. Um, oh, I guess we had a caller that dropped off. Well, it is time for us to take our first break here, Joanne. You're okay. listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Uh, most of you have heard the term probiotics. We often talk about these beneficial bacteria on our shows. And I came across some information that's just validating what we teach about good bacteria. In the past, probiotics have been kind of thought of as an aid to good digestion. And while this is true, probiotics play a much larger role in health. For instance, scientists have discovered that not having enough of the good gut bacteria can lead to autoimmune disorders, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, and even non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Supplementing with probiotics helps so many more conditions than simply treating something like irritable bowel syndrome. So we'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back. And if you have a question for us today, the number is 651-641-1071. Hi, sleep. I miss you. What's it been? Six months? A year? I don't even know anymore. I just know I need you. And I really want to reconnect. I tried medication, hypnosis, some weird tea that smelled like feet. 
crying hysterically. None of it worked. A friend of mine told me about this place that helped her sleep, nutritional weight and wellness. I know. What the heck does food have to do with sleep? She says a lot. I can't remember what exactly because my mind is shot these days. No sleepy, no thinky. Plus, I'm getting acne and headaches, and my butt's getting fat. I'm going a little crazy, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna give nutritional weight and wellness a try, and I promise, sleep. If you come back, I won't snore. Learn how real food can improve your sleep, mood, digestion, skin, and more. Sign up for the Weight and Wellness series at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call six five one six nine nine three four three eight or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Joanne Rideout, licensed and registered dietitian, and I'm here today with Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Kara was explaining that good bacteria plays a role in de- preventing many chronic health conditions like diabetes, obesity, and more. Probiotics can significantly suppress respiratory infections like the common cold and flu. Two studies in children who were given acidophilus and bifidobacteria twice a day for three to six months found a significant decrease in the days they were absent from school and a decrease in the use of antibiotics from being sick. Also, a reduction in symptoms and severity of the illness. 70 to 80% of our immune system starts in the gut, so this makes perfect sense. And what a great way to keep kids healthy, especially during cold and flu season. I love it when I find information that validates what we say anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've found that to be true for myself also. With the immune system? Yes. Yep. Me, same it's with helped me. helped a lot. Very much so. Well, we have a caller here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Jane's call. Jane, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You're on the air, and it looks like you have a question about sleep issues during the night. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I do. Good morning. Um, Good morning. The last two and a half years, um, I haven't had a full eight hours of sleep. And usually I'm up um, about every five minutes with the hot flashes. Then it turns to cold. So the blankets are back and forth (laughs) per hour, maybe ten times an hour. And I'm so wore out. Oh, my goodness. You must be exhausted all the time. I'm totally exhausted. I try to go to bed at 8, 9 o'clock, and mm-hmm. um, I don't drink coffee at night, and I don't drink pop. Mm-hmm. I've tried the progesterone cream, and I just, and the last couple of days, I've been getting at least an hour of sleep at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really need your help today. I listen to you guys a lot, but this one is really my caliber, this wow. topic. Okay. Did you just start the progesterone cream just very recently? Well, I tried it a year ago. Um, it seemed to really help the sweats and the hot flashes too much. Um, too, helps but now, too. the last two days, I've been tossing and turning, but I somehow the sweats have kind of reduced the last couple of days because I've been taking some estrogen pills, mm-hmm. holistic ones. Um, I don't know if that's what the key is, what's helping. Okay, so when you took progesterone, just to clarify, you said it didn't really help or it did help? I don't think it did help. Okay. Um, do you, you know what I would, here's, here are some recommendations that I would make. Mm-hmm. I would give that another shot. Perhaps you didn't maybe have the right brand or weren't using enough. Um, for many women, it can be helpful in the, it has to be in the correct amount. Okay. Uh, there's a brand, we'll talk more about it as the show goes on, but it's Emerita Progest. 
make sure you get that one. Not all progesterone creams are the same and the same quality. Okay. Um, and we always say start with a quarter teaspoon. Uh, you you may need a half teaspoon. You mm-hmm. may even need a little bit more. You need to play around with that amount and increase it until you notice that it's helping. What's the name of that again? Emerita, E-M-E-R-I-T-A, Progest. Okay. Okay, it's over the counter. We have it at our stores as well. Um, and then we'll talk about more of these things in our in our show today, but just to kind of get you on the right track, definitely need a bedtime snack every night with a healthy fat. So we're stay tuned. We're going to give more examples of what that looks like. Okay. Okay, that's going to balance your blood sugar through the night. Um, in addition, I would try some supplements like magnesium. Yes. Joanne? Yes. You- Magnesium or mixed magnesium, depending which type works best for you. And also 5-HTP. I've also tried NeuroCalm. And okay. all three are helpful. Okay, and you were having hot flashes and I night sweats. I was definitely having yeah. hot flashes, night sweats. But I also was having sleep issues even after those subsided. Okay. And the so you've gotten magnesium, your 5-HTP, and NeuroCalm, all three together really helped. Jane, are you going to be able to listen to the rest of our show? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Because we're going to talk more in detail about like what doses on those supplements and ideas for that bedtime snack. Okay, well, I'm really grateful that I'm having this on today for my problems. And if you can't get this under control, make sure you make an appointment because we can work further with you and and improve your sleep, okay? Okay, and thanks a lot, ladies. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So her, Jane's question, I mean, boy, I feel like she asked everything that we're going to talk about in our show. (laughs) She did. It's all coming up. You know, Joanne, I remember meeting with a client a few years ago. Her her main reason for making the individual nutrition appointment was because she was having terrible hot flashes and night sweats, and Mm -hmm. it was hard for her to function normally. Not Not just because she was having the sweating during the day, because... She wasn't sleeping at night, so then you're dealing with that sleep deprivation, like right, Jane. Right. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> so what did you recommend for her? Well, I just asked her to start eating protein, fat, and veggies for breakfast instead of the cereal or English muffin she had previously been having. Yeah. Um, and eat balanced throughout the day. But I also said she should try giving up coffee and soda. Mm-hmm. And then asked her to eat every few hours to keep that blood sugar balanced and had her eat a bedtime snack to avoid waking up from low blood sugar. Within one month, her hot flesh and hot flushes and night sweats were almost gone. You That's know, I'm not, I'm not going to say they were 100 percent gone, but right. she was very happy with the with the success. That's great. And I bet her quality of life went up quite a bit, especially from sleeping better. I remember being so foggy on some of those days following a sleepless night. It was really hard to get through the next day at work. And as a result, I found myself drinking too much coffee just to try to get through the day. That just started a vicious cycle. Right. That exacerbates the whole not being able to sleep at night problem. Right. So just to reiterate what you kind of just said this when Jane called, but what worked best for you again for sleeping? So, yeah, just to recap, um, definitely giving up sugar, giving up alcohol, also eating in balance with more protein, more fat, limiting my carbs, also a great bedtime snack that includes fat helps, 
And then I also used magnesium, 5-HTP, and I've also recently added NeuroCalm, which I found helpful. Okay. And that's a product that we carry. We haven't talked a lot right. about that, but it's specifically for sleep. Great. Thank you. I can't remember, you know, the client I was talking about, I don't remember the exact bedtime snack that she was eating. But to help reduce or eliminate those night sweats, the snack has to have a healthy fat and a small amount of carbohydrate. Uh, Many of our regular listeners will probably have heard us talk about two to three tablespoons of heavy whipping cream Mm -hmm. with a half cup of berries. And people love that snack. That's a favorite. (laughs) I t- lately, I've been trying to do dairy-free. Right. Um, so I will have maybe a third cup of canned coconut milk with a half cup of berries. And that coconut milk is just in lieu of the heavy whipping cream. Right. I've also I've also used coconut milk in, as you? a substitute for the heavy cream. And that really helped. That's really very good, too. Mm-hmm. So other options are a small apple cut up with two tablespoons of almond butter or peanut butter. Also, avocado is a great fat to eat before bed to avoid those middle-of-the-night or early-morning wake-ups. So you can take a half a cup, half an avocado and mix it with a half a banana. Mash that together and make a little pudding. That's a That's good idea. pretty good. Or my favorite snack is a half a cup of sliced apple sautéed in two teaspoons of butter with cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Or you can use pears or peaches oh, in that wonderful. snack. It's very good. If you have guacamole, you can always take about a third cup of prepared guacamole and use it as a dip for like carrots or celery. There's a brand out there called Holy Guacamole, and it has individually sealed packets. Each packet is one serving. So that's kind of handy if you don't want your want to open a big pack and have right. the whole thing get bad. That's typically sold in the refrigerated section of a lot of different grocery stores. Right. I've tried those, too. They're, they're the perfect they're size. Mm-hmm. Also, for additional support with sleep, we recommend magnesium glycinate or mixed magnesium, about 400 to 600 milligrams, about a half hour before bed, really helps with relaxation. Many find this is the missing nutrient to help them get a better night's sleep. And we will, we have a little bit more information on magnesium when we come back, but it is time for us to take another break. Um, First, I'd like to mention that we have a 12-week Well, we have 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Many of the series will be starting up again. Uh, We have a lot of options for you. So please check our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call our office, 651-699-3438, if you'd like more details on those exact dates, locations, and times. But I know there are going to be seven different series beginning this week, the week of April 28th, and also the week of May 5th. So based on evaluations from the class, 95% of people who attend these series show overall improvement in their health. By enrolling in the 12-week class, you also get a two-hour individual nutrition consultation with one of our nutritionists. So if you have a question today, the studio line here is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Joanne Rideout, here with Kara Carper. We're talking about managing the symptoms of menopause today. 
We have an exciting promotion I'd like to tell you about on our six-week weight and wellness series. If you sign up with a friend, you each get $50 off the class. And if you can't find anyone to sign up with you, you still receive $25 off your own class fee. So just a reminder, this this offer is for classes that start from May 5th through May 8th. And to be eligible for the discount, you must call our office to register. Please call 651-699-3438. So whether you want to get rid of your chronic heartburn or eczema, whether you want to lower your blood pressure or lose weight, this is the class series for you. And just to kind of tell you some of the locations and dates and times, and you can get all of this, you know, by calling our office. Um, but there'll be one in St. Paul on Wednesdays, that, and this is starting like May 7th. Um, North Oaks, also Wednesdays. Wyzetta on Thursdays. Lakeville on Monday, starting May 5th. Maple Grove on Thursdays, May 8th. And actually one in New Richmond starting Monday, May 5th. So again, more information by calling our office, 651-699-3438. We have a couple callers here, Joanne, so I'm going to take good Wendy here. Thank you so much for waiting, Wendy. We had to take a break, but welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question for us today? I do. My boyfriend asked me to call you guys. Um, he's having some really unexplained nerve pain. He's had all kinds of testing, and he just wanted me to call and see if there was any food to eat or avoid nerve pain. Okay. Well, some of what we've talked about today is is uh, actually applies because staying away from sugar, okay, staying away from a lot of caffeine. Sometimes people also need to stay away from gluten or some grains. I've had a lot of back pain, and so I've found staying away from gluten and grains is helpful to keep that pain away. Okay, <clears throat> um, and then also and right, and so also possibly adding in some magnesium. Also, possibly adding in some omega-3 fatty acids can be helpful as well. Okay. All right. I will tell him. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. Thank, thank you for you. the call, Wendy. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. And we have another caller, and maybe this caller, Sarah, was referring to the study that we were talking about with kids and probiotics. Uh-oh. Did we lose Sarah? Okay. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah please call back in. It looks like you had a great question about kids and probiotics. Yes. <laughs> Sarah? Sarah? No, just kidding. Okay. Well, Joanne, let's let's get back into our topic, and then hopefully we will hear from her in a little bit. We were, before break, talking about magnesium. And I wanted to point out that magnesium is a relaxing mineral. Most Americans are deficient in this mineral. It's like 65%, 65 to 70%. So it's a great one to add if you're having sleep problems because there are a lot of other benefits as well. It's relaxing and calming, so it can help reduce anxiety and muscle tightness. Yeah, It's important for heart health as well. I met with a client on Thursday who was, she came in and she said, one thing that has really, really helped my sleep is that I've been taking 600 milligrams of magnesium before bed. Uh, she was already doing that when she came in, and and it had really helped her sleep. That's so. great. So if you find yourself, and you've taken magnesium, but you find yourself lying in bed awake and can't sleep due to worrying or recycled thoughts, you know that brain chatter, 
thinking the same thoughts over and over again, then the supplement called 5-HTP should be helpful for you. Try taking 100 to 200 milligrams at bedtime. I use that every night, and it's very helpful. 5-HTP, which is 5-hydroxytryptophan, helps to produce more serotonin in your brain. And serotonin is a relaxing and a calming neurotransmitter. So, okay, I think we got Sarah back on the line. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What was your question for today? Yes, I wanted to know, I had read on um, line that giving children under the age of two acidophilus is not good because it can create too much lactic acid in their system and almost impair their digestion, make their digestion worse. And I just want to know what your thoughts were on that because I've always done that with hmm. my kids is to give them a blend of acidophilus and bifidus. That's interesting. I will say that I ha- I have not read that research, but what I can tell you the research that um, we have all found is that younger children, so basically infant to two, mm-hmm. um, normally would have a higher population of the bifidobacteria strain. Okay. So that's really the one that you want to focus on supporting. Okay. So how much would I want to give a three-year-old and a one-year-old? How much bifidus? Do you have uh, what, like one of our products? Or... I did. I bought yours. Is I it a capsule or a powder? It's um, it's a capsule, so I would open them up and put them in a little spoon. Okay, perfect. I would do one of the capsules for that for age. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Which is one time a day or twice a day? Um, are are there issues, or are you just trying to do like for prevention uh, for um, like immune system? I have, well, my three year old I think does not tolerate gluten, and my one year old started getting um, constipated at like five weeks old, and even though she was breastfed, so I felt like we had lots of issues with her digestion just being really, I don't know, poor for a year. Okay, you know, I I mean probiotics are very very safe. You know, they're okay. Bifidobacteria is found in breast milk, so babies are exposed to it from the day they're born if they're breastfed. So what I would recommend, because it sounds like there are a couple issues with your one and your three-year-old, is two capsules per day and and spread that out. I'm sorry, did you say one or two? Two. Okay, two capsules per day. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Great call. Thank you You for calling in. All right, Joanne, got a couple more callers here. Good. Hi, Julie. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Looks like you were um, maybe found some information in a paper, had a question about moods. Is that correct? Yeah, hi. Yeah, my name's Julie, um, and I was just flipping through the paper, the variety of the Star Tribune this morning, mm-hmm. and there's a, an article that links um, food and, um, to, and digestion and gut health to, to mood, right? And it just... It's, it's interesting because they're saying it's brand new and um, it's kind of cutting edge and mm-hmm. <laughs> starting to make the cor- they're just starting to make the correlation and is it the chicken or the egg theory? We know what causes what. So I just thought I'd point it out. Um, you know, it's, it was really interesting to read and you know we're certainly we've been in to see you guys and we've been um, you know changing our diets and it's really helped mm-hmm. you know our kids and um, and us as well. So I just thought I'd point it out. Great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I always like to hear, you know, what information is coming out in the media. Again, it's like it's really nice to have what we are saying validated. Absolutely. By yeah. the media because a lot of people get their information from the media. Right. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for that. Psychiatry, it's the it's the psychiatry and the medical community that's saying it's new. 
Mm -hmm. and they're not sure, you know, maybe a correlation, but is it root cause? So it's interesting from their perspective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Well, and we know that that. serotonin is made in the gut. Absolutely. Serotonin is our happy, feel good brain chemical and neurotransmitter. So it totally makes sense. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It totally does. So, so great show. Keep it up. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You know, it's going to be time for a break in about a minute here. So I'm just going to go to break here. Um, But first I want to just give a comment from Dr. Christiane Northrup, who's a medical doctor and author of The Wisdom of Menopause. She states that it's not menopause that causes many women to gain weight in their 50s and 60s. In her practice, she finds that it's the intake of processed carbohydrates in those earlier years leading up to menopause that sets the stage for insulin resistance later in life. So that means that it's not going to take much for a little bit of excess sugar or excess carbs in the diet to go right into body fat storage. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we'll be right back. Allow me to blow your mind. Ready? Fat doesn't make you fat. You okay? Still listening? All right, I got another one. Sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good for good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Joanne Rideout. I'm here with Tara Carper. If you just tuned in, we've been talking this hour about how to reduce the anxiety, mood swings, hot flashes, and sleep problems that many women experience during menopause. If you want three more hours of this life-changing information, Diane will be teaching a class called Hot Flash, Solutions for Perimenopause and Menopause, this Monday, April 28th, at our St. Paul office from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m. You can call 651-699-3438 to register. Good timing, huh, on that yeah, class that was with good. our show topic today? Very good. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank Jill for holding over our break, and I'm going to take her call. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Jill, what is your question today? Hi. I was wondering how far is can you take probiotics from antibiotics? Like how many hours apart can you take them to still be effective and not kind of cancel each other out? Uh, well, Joanne, it looks yeah. like you have an answer for that. <laughs> yeah, you need to wait at least two hours. Okay. So, at and least. does it matter if you better if you can wait longer, but at least two hours? Um, does it matter if you take probiotics at the same time as things like magnesium and vitamins and such, or does it goof anything up? Well, well it would be best to take the probiotics on an empty stomach. Okay. On an empty stomach. And then take the magnesium or other things later. Mm-hmm. 
at a different time. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. if you can take it like, you know, a half an hour before meals mm-hmm. or an hour after, I guess that would be ideal for the probiotic. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Thanks for calling, Jill. Good question. So All right. Sleep. I, yeah, we're back <laughs> back to sleep now. I want to mention one more tip about sleep, and then we're going to talk more about hormones. So my tip is to use the topical progesterone cream we talked about with the caller. You can use it right before bed. A reputable over-the-counter brand that we carry is called Progest by Amarita. And progesterone is a calming hormone. First of all, it is a natural hormone. It's different than progestin, which is a synthetic hormone. So we're talking about progesterone. It's a natural hormone. Uh, We usually recommend, you know, that I think I'd recommended to our caller, Jane, of starting with a quarter teaspoon at bedtime on any thin skin part of your body. For example, the inside of your wrists or over your thyroid area. Um, but certainly if a quarter teaspoon doesn't seem to be benefiting you, try a half teaspoon. You, I mean, you can try more than that as well. Just work up slowly. And you can even do it morning and evening if you need a little bit more help throughout the day. So it's very common for women to be low in the hormone progesterone. We're often told that estrogen is the only hormone lacking during menopause. But the first hormonal change to occur in most women is a decline in progesterone. Progesterone and estrogen need to be in balance. So when we stop making as much progesterone in the ovaries, we're left with a condition called estrogen dominance. Yes, and estrogen dominance can be a culprit for a lot of uncomfortable menopausal symptoms. So if a woman has started eating protein, fat, and healthy carbohydrates every few hours, like we recommended, gives up caffeine, but is still having hot flashes and mood swings, most likely the issue is estrogen dominance. I think that's a really hard concept for people to grasp because... The message they've been told often is that they're low in estrogen. Sorry, I got distracted by our our producer was signaling me. I I apologize for that. Um, So, Joanne, yes, estrogen dominance, just to kind of reiterate that if it's not counterbalanced with progesterone, the drop in progesterone is going to cause a lot of problems. So that's often why using the progesterone cream can help with sleep, moods, hot flashes, and night sweats. Right. And people can also be estrogen dominant from some of the medications they're taking, from our environment, from our food, and even from our own fat cells. Say that again, Joanne. Our fat cells? Our fat cells can contribute to our estrogen dominance. So the more fat cells that someone has, they're actually producing more More estrogen. estrogen. Yep. And many women are put on hormone replacement therapy. For example, Premarin is one brand. Yes. And this certainly can lead to estrogen dominance. The National Cancer Institute reports that hormone replacement therapy increases the risk of breast cancer. Yes, even women who take oral contraceptive pills are at a higher risk of breast cancer according to the International Journal of Cancer. Isn't that interesting? Because these are all synthetic estrogens. And they both increase the estrogen. And that's probably another topic for an entire show, that (laughs) estrogen dominance increases the risk of reproductive cancers like breast, prostate, and colon cancers as well. Right. 
Not everyone, though, is taking birth control or hormone replacement therapies, and yet they are still having hot flashes from being estrogen dominant. So let's talk about why that's happening. Um, Our environment, unfortunately, is overloaded with estrogen-like chemicals. And maybe listeners have heard the term xenoestrogens. Those are basically toxic estrogens. Yeah, that yes, pesticides and our food sources are one of the ways we get our xenoestrogens. These chemicals mimic the estrogen in our bodies that our bodies would normally make, and then they get stored in our cells. And it's also common practice for dairy cows and beef cattle to be given hormones, including estrogens, and that's to increase milk production and growth of the animals. Of course, anyone drinking the milk or eating the dairy product, like I suppose yogurt or cheese, or eating the beef, will get traces of these estrogens. Organic vegetables and fruits don't contain pesticides. And if you'd like to see a list of the most highly sprayed foods versus the foods least sprayed with pesticides, check out our website, weightandwellness.com, and look under resources and helpful websites. There's a list called the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. So to avoid toxic estrogens in your fruits and vegetables, try to shop organic for the Dirty Dozen. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for dairy and beef products. The certified organic dairy and beef won't have the added hormones. So if you see something like RBGH free on a dairy product, that means no hormones have been used on the cows. And here's something interesting I learned when doing research for the show is that in Europe, added growth hormones are banned in the European Union. And in Canada, they're banned from dairy products. That's Wow. (laughs) I know. That's amazing. (laughs) We haven't mentioned soy yet, which is a very estrogenic food. Soy is high in plant estrogens, also called phytoestrogens. So it's best to avoid soy products because most of them are highly processed foods. Soy milk, soy burgers, and any foods containing soybean oil should be eliminated. And moderate amounts of fermented soy, like Tempeh or miso soup are usually fine, but if you're in menopause and you're dealing with some of these issues we talked about, excess weight, night sweats, mood swings, we would just recommend eliminating soy products altogether. And, you know, toxic estrogens are also, they're in some everyday products that you might not even be aware of, like BPA, parabens, phthalates. These are found in plastic water bottles, personal care products, cleaning supplies, Lawn fertilizers. It's no wonder so many people have estrogen dominance. Right, Joanne? Exactly. And everyone can do their best to eat organic foods and avoid soy, not use plastic water bottles or heat plastic in the microwave. But we're all swimming in a sea of excess Mm -hmm. estrogen. So it's important to detoxify our bodies. And we only have, I think, about a minute left here. So You know, I just want to point out that cruciferous veggies are a great way to detoxify estrogens. Um, They contain something called indole-3-carbonyl. But we also do recommend a wonderful product called Estrofactors to help detox estrogens through the liver. Um, So if you, and I wish we had more time to talk about Estrofactors, but we usually recommend three per day. Right for detoxing estrogens. So we would like to thank you for listening today and just remember that menopause does not have to be a dreaded time 
in your life. Most symptoms can be managed nutritionally. So hopefully we've given you some helpful tips today. Next week, Dar and Kate will be discussing nutritional solutions for osteoporosis. So be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.